Hello, and welcome back to the Lowell Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Doss, and I am excited to bring you the fifth episode of the podcast. Today, we're joined by Gordon Holm, the executive director and founder of the African Community Center. Gordon is a longtime Lowell resident and has a fascinating story about coming to Lowell as an immigrant, about being educated in Lowell at UMass, where he did a bachelor's and a master's degree, and how his career pointed him in the direction of meeting the needs of the African diaspora here in Lowell. Gordon founded the African Community Center about four and a half years ago in response to the unique needs of the African community. Since then, the organization has grown and it has recently become its own 501c3 charitable organization. I'm really excited to bring you this interview because Gordon has some timeless advice that I think everyone could listen to about how to get along, about how to respect other people, about how to find commonality in our differences. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Gordon. Hello again, this is Eric Doss with the Lowell Stories Podcast, and I am here with a good friend of mine, Gordon, who founded the African Community Center of Lowell and has done many other things in the community of Lowell uh, since he arrived here. Uh, and instead of talking more and introducing Gordon myself, I'm just going to turn this over and let Gordon introduce himself to all of our listeners. Gordon. All right. Thank you so much, Eric, for this uh Opportunity. I am very humbled. Uh, I'm Gordon Halb and the executive director for the African Community Center. Uh, the African Community Center has been existing uh, for the past four and a half years. We are running our fifth year. And just a couple of weeks ago, we became our own um, nonprofit organization. We have our own 501c3 status. So, which means uh, we are now our own entity. Uh, it has been a, quite a, a journey, and uh, it was just through the help of uh, funders like the Parker Foundation, CTI, uh, Boston Foundation, and all our donors that time will not permit to list them uh, at the moment. But it has been a collective effort of board members giving their time, volunteers, interns from school, medicines, UMass Law, Law High, uh, and, and it's just a collective effort to uh, have the center to be where it is today. And we, Congratulations yeah. on uh, your, I, I did not know that uh, before yeah. we talked that you guys had had finished all of the paperwork and the requirements to be your own 501c3. Right. So congratulations. That's Thank you. quite Thank you. an achievement. So tell me a little bit more. I, I want to come back to the community center because that's right. obviously very important. But would you tell our listeners a little bit more about how you came to be in Lowell and how long you've been here? Uh, sure. So uh, I've, I've been here for quite a long time, and I came uh, I came to know through uh, my wife uh, uh, Beatrice Stevens. Uh, she's a person that took the lead here, and uh, 
uh, I had to join her and, and start our family. So we've been low, we bought our first house here in Low. Uh, we raised our children uh, here in, in the city of Low. We have three boys, uh, two of them that are college graduates and uh, our youngest is now uh, a senior in the, in the high school. And so we have been around for, uh, for quite a time and uh, we are very fortunate to, to, to be here in the city that welcome um, you know, people of all uh, uh, colors to, to give them the opportunity uh, for them to go for their dreams. So we are very, very fortunate to be, to be here. So has, uh, since you've been here in Lowell for quite a long time, mm. has Lowell always felt welcoming and like a place for people to, you know, who are just arriving, new Americans, new uh, citizens, new, you know, immigrants and refugees? Or has that experience changed over the course of time that you've been here in Lowell? Uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, there is no perfect uh, um, city, perfect country, uh, perfect town on, on earth, but um, we, we have uh, our struggles. We have times that are good times and we have times that are very challenging, uh, whereas uh, you don't uh, seem yourself to be fitting in the community. And it's all hard work. You have to push hard. And uh, we uh, took education very seriously because education is the only weapon that you can have to uh, get into places that you may not be allowed to go if you don't have that uh, education. So education uh, provides a, a master key for you uh, to get in, into some doors that could have been prevented uh, you from getting in there. What was the process to realize that there was a need for something like the African Community Center in Lowell? Right. So in early 2000, we had uh, an African an African Assistance Center uh, here in the city of Lowell, which uh, I happened to uh, did some part-time work uh, there, whereas I was a student at UMass Lowell. And uh, I worked there for some time, and I knew the importance of having such a, uh, a center, such a place, because uh, uh, having gotten that opportunity to work there, I, I, I met with people, Africans that have come from the continent, have uh, uh, come to the center, and we uh, been assisting them. And for such a place to close down, uh, which it has been closed down for about the past 10 uh, plus years. But the, 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 uh, the call of the center has always been a passion. And I remember when I called Professor uh, Pora Raymond, who was my professor at UMass Law, because when I was doing my master's uh, degree at UMass Law, my focus was to bring back the center. So I remember giving her a call back and I said, Paula, uh, we just had the African Community Center ribbon cutting today. And this is what Paula told me. He said, Gordon, 
you kept your eyes on the prize. And so uh, it has been uh, a dream of bringing the, uh, our community back because it is the place, the only place where uh, uh, Africans will come to together to really uh, sit in, in a place and see how we can, uh, we can put the talents and, and, and the gifts that we have come with, uh, uh, with us from Africa. And if you live in a place where you don't seem to have such a place that you feel, you, you don't feel like you belong uh, to uh, wherever that you lived in. Gordon noticed the success of other organizations that specifically targeted one nationality or one region of immigrant or refugee in the Lowell area. In the next bit, he talks about his experience working at the Lowell Community Health Center and seeing programs that specifically targeted the Cambodian refugees and immigrants who arrived in the late 70s into the 80s and beyond. And I'm just going to give a quick example. I had the privilege of serving at the Low Community Health Center back, I would say, about 11, 12 years ago. And I served there for quite a very long time. And I remember uh, a presentation that was done by the executive director of the Meta Health Center, uh, which a Meta Health Center is a place within the Low Community Health Center that is solely, uh, it was solely founded uh, within the Low Community Center so that people that came from Cambodia during the 1980s who fled from the Khmer Rouge uh, War uh, would come to the Meta Health Center to provide like meditation, therapy, counseling, from you know the things that they saw uh, during the war, but trust me, when Africans come from Africa in the war-torn places, because I have also worked at the International Institute of Law, where we receive refugees, and I worked there for almost about five years. And we have Africans come from Somali, they come from Congo, they come from Liberia. And they, and, and they have seen wars, but they don't have any place in the city where they go for uh, therapy or they go for counseling or they go for meditation. And so you have you know, people that have seen all these things and just you know, throw them out in the, in the community. And, and so uh, it's... it's 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 troubling, and uh, having a place like the center who welcome such people because what they've seen in 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 in, in Africa, uh, uh, and I'm talking solely about the refugees. You know, some of them have come from very very hard places, and and they come and there's no therapy. You know. Uh, giving, and, and I may be wrong, but I've never seen that. I've never seen places that have gone for such uh, such services. So we hope that the center, uh, as we are now growing, uh, it will be an opportunity to spread it out to our community, 
to all Africans to uh, come on board and come on board. And let's think about how we can, you know, bring these facilities like our friends from Cambodia have done, you know, uh, Institute and Mental Health Center. You know, trust me, a lot of people are going through stress, depression, and mental health, and we have people committing suicide. Gordon recognizes and acknowledges that there is so much work to be done to address the needs of the African immigrant and refugee community here in Lowell. And the center is designed to grow into a position where it can help meet more and more of those needs. Gordon talks a little bit about his vision. The center is just focused on uh, building a center where uh, African immigrants and refugees will, will come and, and, and gain a brain power for them to go and then uh, excel, whether it be in education or any professionals that uh, they have um, in mind. And so it will be an, uh, a place where we will guide in, in, uh, refugees and Africans with the school, connecting them with the school. Uh, right now we have uh, a summer program that will run during the summer uh, for the past four years. And uh, the, the, you see, the work of the center, you don't see the immediate result. You know, uh, the impact that will make takes a long time, but it is huge, you know, but you don't see it right away. Changing somebody's life, will that person will go and intend make a positive uh, impact. So positive impact is all, is all what the center is all about, but you know we don't have the uh, the resources, the necessary resources to do the work, and so the bulk of the work is like all hands on deck. How we spread awareness, how we spread the mission of the center. You know we want to bring the whole community together. That the African the African Community Center is not for a certain group of people; is for it, it is for the entire uh, community and. So we, uh, the work ahead is to, to get into, you know, communities, associations, churches, homes, uh, when it is safe to do that. And then just, you know, because we know a lot of people have talents to give and they, 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 they have a lot to share. And so we want to tap into that resources so that we can also help you know, uh, share it to where we feel it will be very impactful. Gordon and I started talking about the challenges that all refugees and immigrants face with a particular look into the experience of Africans from all over the continent arriving in Lowell and the challenges and the obstacles that they face. Yeah, I mean, we have come from all... Um, we have come from the east, the west, the south, and and the north, and so we have come from all these places, and we have sort of scattered, and and based on uh, who you came, who you knew before you got here, you know, 
people have we all have places that uh, we, we 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 will stay. For example, we're coming to Lord Drake, Tisbury, and and so on and so forth. And so the just to go back to answer your question. I mean, there there are almost about five to six thousand Africans living in the Greater Law area uh, here, and it's it is a struggle um, for many of them who especially don't have the uh, English to be their first language, and and so you have people not just because they are not intelligent, they are very intelligent, but you know. The, the the resources, the opportunities are not given to them. And so you see them, you know, struggling day in and day out. And most Africans, including myself, you know, we 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 are living in two places. Part of us is always back in our native land and and then part of us is is here. And so we, we think about home, about the family of, you know, uh, the family that will live behind, the friends, the culture, and so on and so forth. And, and so to adjust here, um, it's, it's quite a, a process and it's quite a commitment. And if psychologically you don't feel like you, you belong to uh, a place that you now call home, you see that damage that can you know, it can, yeah, and the effect that can have on, on, on us. Oh, so, oh, so, you know, I had never really thought about what you just said until you said it, which is that you, you have this problem of leaving home and, and then you land here. I think that's really profound. And then you land here and you don't have all of the right tools to feel welcome here. And now you're almost a person without a country, without a home. You have a country, I guess, but you're, you're, the home that you know is you've left and the home that you have here doesn't fit exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a, a, in, in a, especially in the initial stage, our life transformed. You know, uh, but in the initial stages, it is it it is hard to you know to lay the foundation, and so um, and how do we transform our lives? And we do that just because of you know persistence. You, you have to persevere, and and education is the key. And once you you don't have that, then you are not making it here, and you can't just go back home too. You know, if you go back home, your friends, your families that you left them, probably they've moved on, they've gone to the universities and all that. And so uh, finding ourselves here, it, it is truly a challenge. And most people in Africa, once we find ourselves to be in the places like here, you know, they, there is a very high expectation on, on our end, you know, people expect that by the time you probably go back Africa to uh, visit, you must be a changed person, you know. And, and you must be uh, wealthy too, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they expect you to, you know, the expectation is very high. And so some, some people give up. And when they don't meet that expectation, they just give up. And, and, and then before you know, life is over. So I was curious for Gordon to explain to me the challenges that come from being the African Community Center, where you have to work with people from all across a huge continent with different backgrounds and different education levels and different cultural expectations, especially in light of our discussion earlier about some of the resources and programs that were in place for the Cambodian refugees and immigrants in Lowell. And the, and the, the simple answer is, the answer is very simple. And it's just be uh, uh, ready to, to learn and listen. And um, and 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 lend the other uh, cultures that uh, 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 people uh, belong to, because you know there is uh, even though there is uh, similarities in 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 the way we do things, but because of you know the the differences and the the demarcations, you know uh, that we. Uh, experience uh, back in the uh, colonial days, you know, there was this division of ethnic cultures and things like that. And so when somebody from Cameroon come to the center, for example, you know, I I would just put my myself in their shoes and have them tell me how they do, how they, how, uh, for example, how, how they greet. Probably, you know, shaking of hands might be acceptable, in one and other places may not, you know, some some places you you bow and things like that. And so I think uh, it's an opportunity, a grounds, it's a neutral grounds uh, to learn all these different cultures that we have, you know, uh, and then and then share it with our uh, the greater community. I think that's a great point, and probably something that everybody in general, but specifically people in Lowell could, could benefit from is your advice to just listen first. Yeah. You listen first. Yes. Sure. Sure. And I, I was just, I was just saying that I was going to give you a quick uh, example. I remember uh, back, back in the, uh, my school, early school days, I traveled to uh, Nigeria and I, I was living with an Igbo family. And um, she have kids, little kids that, you know, I sort of was the older person uh, among the kids. And so when she prepared food, you know, I will, they were dished out all the food in a plate, but the kids, will, everybody will stand there, uh, there for me as the older person among the children to pick a plate first before their kids will take a plate. And so when I pick my plate, I say thank you to, you know, um, uh, uh, the, uh, I would say my, my, my mom, you know, uh, at, at a time. And uh, she, I, I, I realized she would just nod and, and then I would go and sit and eat. But I realized that when the kids pick up the plate, they don't say thank you. And I say to myself, wow, these kids are very naughty. I mean, 
they have no headaches. You know, because in my in culture, in my country, Ghana, if you take the plate, you have to say thank you to your mom right away. You know, but apparently the kids will eat and they come to the mom and they say thank you. But I don't. And so she was so upset that probably her cooking, I don't appreciate her cooking because after I eat, I don't come back to say thank you. You know, until one day she confronted me, she said, wait a minute, in Ghana, they don't teach you science? They don't teach you this? And I said, said, how come when I give you food, you don't say that? And then I realized that I have to come back after I eat my food to say thank you, you know? And so this is Africa, right? The way we do things in Ghana, you know, is quite different than what uh, uh, the, the tribe it was able, you know, uh, uh, the way they do this. And so what I learned was that, I so, saw, okay, so the next time around when I pick my food, I don't say thank you. After I eat, I go and say thank you to Madame. It's oh yeah, you know. So there was peace, <laughs> you know. But Gordon, that's a very easy thing to make a mistake on, and it was a very easy thing to fix. You mentioned, um, you know, you you mentioned a, a while back the African Assistance Center that was around when when you were in graduate school, and and I didn't even ask you to uh, what what did you study at UMass Lowell. Uh, yeah, so I had my uh, my bachelor's in um, sociology and psychology, and my master's in peace and peace conflict, and conflict studies. studies. Wow! And was that always yes. a mm-hmm. calling for you? Did you always know that that's where you wanted to to spend your academic time? Uh, you see, back in my hometown, I come from a, a small town in Ghana called Winneba. And uh, whenever there is this dispute in my hometown for almost about 300 years about chieftaincy dispute. And so that has really blocked the development of the, of the town because the, the, the chieftaincy, uh, the elders are, are always in a position that they are not agreeing on things. And so uh, as, as a kid, uh, back in the days when I was in Ghana, I, I really saw how this issue of this chieftaincy in my hometown is really, really, really making, you know, the development of the town be, being very slow. So it, it has might be my hope that Someday uh, I will go to abroad and acquire this, you know, uh, 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 a dream of, you know, having a conflict resolution so that I could, I could be of a help. Uh, I may not be, I may not go to Winnipeg really, to to resolve that conflict, but I can be here in the city uh, of law, wherever that you live, to to put that to use. And so it has always been a call. How? Do you think that that degree and that experience and the time you spent understanding people with your sociology degree has influenced your work with the African Community Center? 
Uh, I think one, um, uh, it's, I mean, every day is different. Every day is dynamics. And I think that uh, what I really, really, um, and and this is something that I, I always try to work on is that to, to just take a moment not to, you know, uh, be ahead of any person that come to the to the center, but rather just to uh, take a step for a step back and 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 listen to the situation and and try not to be judgmental and and sometimes um, I mean as a human we are not perfect and there are situation somebody will walk in and you may feel that oh. This person is, you know, and that could not be the case. And so I always want to respect that and always uh, want to listen and want to put myself in uh, the other person's shoes and 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 then see how we can, uh, because it is very, very easy to, um, you know, to prejudge. As it does our conversation turned towards the pandemic. If you hadn't noticed by now, the work that the African Community Center does is very hands-on. I was curious how the pandemic has impacted Gordon and his organization. You know, I think mission. about the work that, that you have done, you know, that your team and your volunteers and your, your folks have done with tutoring and working with students over the previous summers. How has how has the the pandemic and the coronavirus impacted the work that you're doing at the center? Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, the office uh, is closed, and um, you know I have mixed um, a part where uh, people have come to the center uh, uh, being distressed. And just by way of sitting down and having a conversation, they leave with hope, you know. And so that piece uh, is 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 something that um, we are hoping that the pandemic will ease, so that we can all go in person and and meet people uh, person to person. Uh, we've been having uh, uh, a Zoom uh, meetings. And Zoom events, but you cannot take that place of, you know, the personal touch from, uh, uh, from uh, the meetings that we've been having virtual. So hopefully, um, uh, things will uh, be better. Conditions will be better, and now that we are, you know, going to be our own, we will be uh, announcing to the public about our next move. Uh, hopefully, we will uh, find our own space and be um, uh, putting uh, things in place. The board of directors are working hard. Gordon is one of the most energetic and fun storytellers that I have ever listened to. And I hoped that he would have a story to illustrate the impact and the work of the African Community Center. Of course, he didn't disappoint. Sure, sure, sure. And I, uh, right. So there is uh, this story that I, I will always tell. Um, 
when we a few days after the ribbon cutting, I was sitting at my office uh, right in the CTI building, and I got a, a call from the reception. And uh, I said, Mr. Gordon, we have two Africans that have come here to seek for help at the CTI. And uh, is there any way I could just possibly have them come to your office and you can speak to them. And I said, sure. I said, you know, let me come to the reception area myself, you know. So I went, I walked through to the reception area and there was these two Africans who were standing there and they looked at me like, you know, uh, who are you, brother? <laughs> and I said, you know, so I invited them. I said, will you please come with me to my office? And you know, I, I could see, you know, you know, the unsure, you know, in their eyes. It's like, you know, what what is the brother taking us? You know, so I took them to the office, and trust me, trust me, when when we get in the office, it is like. I mean, the, the sense of them being in the, the center, they look at the walls, they see the African, you know, art, and, you know, they, it really, 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 you know, because I saw it in there, how depressed, and, and you can see when somebody is so depressed and so, you know, distressed, and, and walking in that door, they were like, oh my God, they felt like home. You know, so I, I, you know, give them a seed. I offer them a water, a bottle of water, and I said, you know, uh, what can I be of help? And apparently, uh, the younger lady uh, had just come from Congo and uh, completed uh, high school, and she speak all French. She doesn't even speak just a few words of English. I mean, she wasn't fluent at all. But the other lady spoke a little bit. And so, you know, so we had a conversation. And then I asked the, the younger lady that, uh, what is your dream? What? And she's like, uh, I want to become a, 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 pedi a pediatrician. I said, whoa. And then uh, it was translated by the other lady who speak English to me because she spoke her French. So I said, okay. And then she said, I want to go to school, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know where, where to begin and all of that. And so I got her name. I get uh, her number. And then, um, so the next day I made a call at Medicine's Community College and I said, we just had um, uh, a student who just came from Africa. She doesn't speak English. So, but she has a determination. She wants to be a physician. She has a dream, and I know she can do it. And they say, okay, God has sent her my way. And so I call her, and I say, go to Medicine's Community College. She met uh, Maria Cunha. And, um, and so the next day, this young lady called me, and then she started crying. And I said, what happened? And he said, oh, I have admission to go to Melissa's college. I say, whoa. Now, today, as I speak, she she has enrolled in the nursing program now. 
You know, she's done with a two years college at Middlesex. She's enrolled in the nursing program, and she's determined to become. Let me ask two questions, kind of together. What What do you see the next steps in terms of how you can better reach the community, the broader African community here in Lowell? So, so what do you think the next logical steps are there, and maybe how somebody who's listening to this can get involved and help and and help the center accomplish its goals? Sure. So I will take the how uh, question first. So we have a, web, we have a website, uh, which is www.acclaw.org. And so uh, when you go visit on a website, there is uh, the the volunteer version how how you can you can help and you can just you know send us a message and we'll be in touch uh, with you and uh, the next question really really uh, demands all hands on deck and so uh, like I said earlier on we don't really uh, we don't have the resources together and so for example now that we become our own five four one c three you know, we need uh, volunteers to come on board. We need um, uh, we 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 need to hire probably one or two more staff uh, because right now it's just me. Uh, it's it's just one person, and just by you know the help of other volunteers and board members has really brought the center to be where it is. But you know, volunteers comes and go. Intense comes and go, and so we really, really need a structure, and we need the funding. The funding is the key, number one. You know how we can bring in other people as a job to create some job opportunities, and then uh, we'll be more sustainable, and then it will be uh, more uh, impactful with uh, uh, with the issues that we can help. Because if you look at this young lady that I. Uh, we, we just talked about, you know, see the path, you know, and if if people miss these opportunities, you know, and, and see the, the, the opposite reaction, you know, will come back to hunt everybody in the city. Uh, let's take, for example, if you have an, uh, somebody who's struggling with, with uh, you know, not becoming a law-abiding, having to have issues with the police and all that. The court is involved. The police is involved. And you see how, you know, the, the toll, the money that, you know, uh, uh, the parents will have to invest, hiring a lawyer to defend and all that. And that is all not, you know, the, this is something that can be avoided once we have, a platform where people feel, you know, the confidence level is boosted and there is hope and then there's dream because the, we, you know, it, it will be better and we all can live in a, in a better community, a community that is safe, a community that is, you know, um, uh, hopeful. And that's what uh, we, we, hope, uh, we hope to see. Well, and, you know, it's important for people to see things like the student that you used as an example before, you know, and, and to see that, that 
a little bit of money goes a very long way to making a difference in people's lives. And I mean, gosh, like even like just imagine the impact of somebody who's who's called to, uh, you know, the medical field, especially now, especially with everything that we're facing and, and think about all the good that that they can do. So uh, I will just uh, repeat or, or I'll have you repeat, I guess, um, how people can get in touch with you, how people can learn more about the center. Uh, can they find you on Facebook, on the Internet? Uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and tell us all about that. Sure. So our Facebook, you know, to connect with us, just, you know, uh, plugged in African Community Center of Law and uh, we'll be just right on the screen. Uh, our website is uh, acclaw.org and um, just send us an email or, you know, my information is there, my phone number, call me, you know, send us an email and we will respond to uh, to your call and and bring you bring you on board and see how uh, you can help and also you know uh, uh, being part of the center also help uh, someone to be also connected with other people that you may not you know had a chance to connect if you had not involved your uh, your yourself with the center and so it's it's, it's a two way street you know uh, we can all um, uh, connect with people in the community and we'll see how we can uh, make an impact and improve. I think it's just lives. fascinating how much work is going mm -hmm. on all around Lowell. And that's work that's done by individuals and work that's done by small nonprofits and large nonprofits. And uh, what a great opportunity to get in at the ground floor with a brand new, um, you know, at, I mean, four and a half years old, obviously for the center, but, but as a brand new nonprofit, uh, about to experience a, a lot of growth and a lot of expansion, uh, what a great opportunity to get to know your neighbors mm -hmm. and get to do good work in Lowell. That is so true. And we, we couldn't have done it, you know, uh, um, I did not been the help of, you know, all the partners in, and uh, volunteers, interns, and, and friends well, of the ACC. brilliant. Well, we will uh, make sure to include some more information about all the folks who have contributed to the African Community Center's success when we publish this. And you'll be able That'd to be find nice. in the show notes of this episode links to the Community Center, to their Facebook page, the information about their funders and the people who have made this possible. And most importantly, uh, ways for you to get involved and learn more about your community. So Gordon, I just want to thank you for your time today. I know how busy you are and, and how much work you have on your plate. And so thank you. And also thank you for the work that you are doing for Lowell. I want to also say thank you and thank you to our listeners and Absolutely. thank you for the opportunity. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Gordon and took some time to learn more about the African Community Center of Lowell. You can check out the African Community Center at www.acclowell.org, or you can find them on Facebook. Uh, if you're interested in volunteering or getting more involved in the organization, there's information on their website about how you can help their mission to make an impact in the African community and the wider Lowell community.
I also hope that this was an opportunity for a lot of people to learn more about just one of the many different wonderful organizations and people doing great work in Lowell. And I hope that we all take more time to look around, learn how to adapt and change and get along even when people are different than we are. I also want to take a quick second and ask you to head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you access your podcasts and leave this podcast a rating. It's one of the ways to get more attention and get more listeners. And if you appreciate the work that I'm doing here, stopping by to leave a rating and a review would really help. Thank you.